Winnipeg, wouldn't you like to come down and see a live taping of Anything Goes? It's a little show that we have here on Sirius XM Radio. That's right. April 10th in Winnipeg, part of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival from April 8th to 14th. You want tickets? Simple. Go to winnipegcomedyfestival.com and check out the Anything Goes live taping April 10th. So many great shows. Our show's going to be at the Gas Station Theater. Everybody loves gas stations They're and amazing. theaters and things getting taped. If you've got to use the washroom, you'll have a key attached to a cinder block. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. April 10th, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival.com for tickets. Check everybody out. Previously on Anything Goes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great career. And you know what? I think there are going to be a lot more sexologists out there right. in the next five or ten years. And I also believe we're going to need less of us because I think there's a lot more conversations going on. And I, I do think the Internet overall has created more, a, more, a, a better wealth of information. There is really good information out there. Of course, there's still misinformation and, and, what, and what about the elderly? Because as we are growing a much older population in Canada, it's skewing much older. Mm-hmm. And with this wealth of information, they're not used to having that information. And, well, and fuck pills are new, too. So, I mean, yeah. like just... That like, has changed everything. Yeah. yeah, the little blue pills have changed. Well, right. it's, it's... So, 50% of my clientele is actually over 50. Wow. Yeah, because they're the ones who have the resources and make it a priority. And they, they are so empowered. They're the right. ones who are saying... You know, a lot of young people say, I don't need anything. What can she teach me that I don't already know? Right, right. You well, know, yeah. they know everything. Yeah, of course. Right? Oh, you can always learn more, Ram though. it like a jackass. Camera, I like, everything. Everything. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah. learning more about sex. I definitely do. Yeah. But and I, he, and do you, so when you do you teach seniors how to like not break a hip if they get into no. like an Eiffel Tower with two dudes. No, but I do teach. I do teach them like how to adjust positions if they yeah. have injuries, and that's people of all age. But what we see is HIV and STIs are actually on the rise in senior populations. So we need. Yeah. Yeah. Do they give? A, do they care about that though anymore? Of I mean, course. If you're 80 and you get the hip, what's the big deal? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Guess which host found blood in his vomit and thought, when did I drink all that blood? This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? Hey there, everybody. Here we go again. This is Anything Goes for the week of February 27th, 2013. Uh, my name's Dave Martin. I'm in the studio uh, like I hopefully am every week with uh, Darren Frost. Yes. And uh, in the studio today, uh, in the both the opening and closing segments, we'll yes. have uh, Ward Anderson. Uh, Co-hosting in, this... in, in replace of Christina Walkinshaw? Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope you clean your vagina more, Ward. But, oh, um, I try to. Yeah. I really do. The, uh, Who has that kind of time? Ugh. Tell me. Uh, I uh, have uh, an announcement that uh, in the second half of the show, we are going to be speaking with uh, David Feldman of the David Feldman podcast. Uh, We're going to be chatting with him and uh, talking about, uh, I don't know, you'll you'll listen to it. You'll hear it. Yeah, for those who don't know, David Feldman is probably one of the most respected comedy writers that that is still doing stand-up. Uh, he's written for everyone from Bill Maher to Dennis Miller back when he was uh, not so uh, hard on the Republican side. Yeah, not so right wingy. Uh, and uh, and you know also the Oscars and the Emmys. And we talk about that. We talk a little bit about the Oscars. We are going to get into more about that as well with Ward here. And uh, yeah, and we have a few announcements we'll do in the second half. So uh, how was your week, David? Oh, it was good. It was good. Uh, 
I uh, I headlined the downtown club uh, mm-hmm. this past weekend in Toronto, and uh, Saturday shows were great. Um, and the Saturday shows made up for the sh- I wouldn't say shitty; they were fine, but. Um, the Friday was a little bit disappointing, but you know it's a late show Friday. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're they're drunk, they're tired, and uh, you know the 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 show kind of hits a wall at the ninety minute mark. I don't think a show should be longer than that. And then uh, and then they just kind of were like, I was just kinda, I I left early. I didn't do as much time as I could have, mm-hmm. but uh, at a certain point, you know, I don't want to get stared at and yelled at and or. or Sort of, you know, when people stare at you, it does oh, sort of yeah. make a noise in your head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I think I prefer the late show Friday to the early show Friday now. There used to be a time really? when that was the—I used to think that was the easiest show, the early show Friday. And now I think people are working later than they used to yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I think it's a tighter show than it used to be. Remember right. when early show Friday used to be the cake? Yep, yeah. And now that's Saturday early show. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Saturday early show is the best probably show of the week, yes. Even if Friday is kind of drunk, I think I prefer that to the still thinking about work crowd. That right. You get, you know? now, now, just so everyone knows, you're, you're, you're an American comedian living in Canada now, So, but you've toured a lot of the um, bigger markets in America. And how, yeah. does, how does Toronto as a market compare? Is it just like every place is the same kind of thing, or is it, do you have to change it just a little bit here? Well, I think you got to change it when you're in Toronto like you have to do any big city, right? So sure. like if, if you're a road comic like I was for 15 years, you know, you go out to Enid, Oklahoma, and you're going to be telling more dick jokes. And you're going to be right. you know, like, let's crazy, let's drink, let's be nuts and all that. Whereas in Toronto, I can tell the jokes about my Jewish wife that they don't get in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Right, right, right. Not because they're bad people. No, they like just that. They don't have no reference. They don't reference. need Jews. Just because they, they hate Jews. No <laughs> yeah. They don't have any Jews. But they you hate. Know, you know what? That's, those are the easiest Jews to uh, hate, though. I think that, the ones when they're not around. I do find Toronto one of the most politically correct cities. Really? Do you? Audiences. Yes. Of course it is. Without question. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Come on. When oh, it yeah. comes to, yes, when it comes to audiences. Yes. And I'm, I don't even mean in a bad way. Just I'm going to get way more groans in Toronto than I'm going to get. Uh, anywhere else in the country. Like compared to other American cities? But compared to other Canadian cities, yeah. I think. I mean, I did The Debaters. Right. And they, they made a joke when I was on the show, the CBC's The Debaters, where they said, uh, Ward Anderson wins a record for most groans of any episode. And I was like, it was so harmless. Like most right. of the things I did right. were harmless. Right. But they were they were considered politically incorrect, so they groan, the audience groaned through it. And that was a way of accepting it. They liked the jokes, but they wanted me to know that we're not sure we accept it as much as you think we do. Well, but that'll, that comes from a lot of people who groan on other people's behalf, you know? Right, right, Like right. I had that this weekend. There was like a, there's a joke that I do where it's all about uh, taking Halloween decorations down uh, immediately after Halloween. And then the line in it where I say... Uh, I mean, come on, if it's mid-February and you still got a guy hanging from a noose in your front yard, you know, come on, get it together. Take a, take the decorations down. You're lazy and it's Black History Month. <laughs> so, first of, all, first of all, people just hear Black History Month <laughs> and, 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 the, and yeah. the image of someone hanging from a tree. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and people are like, <gasps> and, and it's just, uh, that was one of the things I think that we bring up in the David Fellman interview of just how sort of uh, the difference in, in radio is that you don't have to wait for someone to gasp or laugh. Be offended, you, yeah. Yeah, you can just uh, plow right through. Want, and, yeah. and, then, and sometimes, you know, I hate saying it, sometimes audiences throw you off and don't let you uh, get the joke out the way you want it to. Right. And I, how dare they? I think the audiences in Toronto are good. I just think they're more politically correct. No, they are. They're definitely more politically correct, yes. But I, I, I think, you know I think they groan through their left. Vancouver's even worse. Vancouver is even more politically correct than Toronto. I think Vancouver is especially doing it for those who aren't like, I'm going to gasp for yes. all those who yeah. can't gasp yes. right now. All those now. people in a wheelchair who would have laughed at that joke. 
But ah, uh, my best friend's third cousin yeah. hurt I, his foot once. I literally One. saw. I literally saw because uh, there were two black women uh, to the side okay, of the. Okay, now sta- you're already done. You see, you're already offending. You literally Who saw two black women. I, I How did you do that? With my two eyes, and I wow. saw they were right there. In Saskatoon. Eyes, no, eyes. no, no, in Toronto See, this weekend. There were, there were two black people. William. Uh, were, there were two black people. One-eyed black people. You've omitted one-eyed black oh. people now. Go ahead, David. Oh. Go ahead. Uh, there were two black people. <laughs> what? Yes. And they happened to be women. Yes. They were at the side of the stage. Yep. They laughed at my uh, uh, the Halloween decoration joke. jokes. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. the Halloween decoration joke. And I could actually see a guy... In the third row, look at the black people first, uh, first yes, to yeah. see if they're laughing. And yeah. then actually, I pointed out to him, just saying, "Hey, I like how this guy looked at those two black people sure. before he decided to laugh or not." And then one of the black women said, "It's okay, it's all right for you to laugh." Yeah. And it was just one. Of, it was like again one of those things of just like sure. when people sort of get offended on behalf of other people. The, per- the, the 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 ethnic group or or stereotype or whatever it is that you're making fun of. Never get offended. It's the it's the white people in the audience right. who have to get offended for well, them. Well, it's liberal guilt. Yeah, it's it a lot is. of liberal guilt. It really guilt. is. Yes. You know, my wife is Jewish, and I do a, a bunch of jokes about my wife being Jewish. And, and you are not Jewish? No, I'm okay, not. Okay, all right. So and the right. minute I make the joke, friends have to, you know, people have to like look, look at their bank cards and all that, and make sure it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they, have to, yeah. they have to look at their bank statement, yeah. or they yeah. have to call their accountants and their lawyers and ask if it's all right to laugh at it or whatever. But it's true. It's it's I make the joke about my Jewish wife, and people will oh. You know. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Jews in the audience are laughing, and right. it's and, right. it's and it's not even hurtful stuff. It's not like I'm up on stage saying that like Jews are awful or cheap or nothing like that. But it's honest jokes from my act. And so right. I do a That's joke what, just, about just uh, what you say in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. When you're told, yeah. okay. <laughs> Uh, what That's the, not true. Jews it, are very generous people, especially to family members. Okay. Do not be fooled. Nice. Do not I've be heard fooled. that. I've heard that, yeah. Do not be I don't, fooled. I, don't, I mean, I don't know where that stereotype came. I mean, I don't know a lot about the Jewish faith of the whole cheap thing, but yeah. yeah. Most of my friends that are Jewish, it does not seem like the family. You're right about that, about the family members. They help each other. Very They're very so. generous. They help each other, though. Oh, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> How that's dare the they thing. be into yes. their families? Yes. How dare they yeah. be family oh, oriented? God. That's what not even. Yeah. What do they think they are, Mormons? Yeah. yeah. They just take a dreidel and just spin it, and you get five thousand. You get five thousand. You get five thousand. That's the, what they do. Now, beyond uh, beyond comedy, what, as a, as an American, what do you find the, the big differences in, in living up here? Uh, Canadians say sorry. Yeah, of course. And yeah. Americans do not apologize. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, what is one of the big differences? You know what's really really comfortable, and people don't believe this when I say it. Um, but in all honesty, uh, I it's really nice to live somewhere where people don't wear their religion on their sleeves. And I don't think that even Canadians realize when they visit America mm-hmm. how much it's like that. Me is, and, and I think if you're a Canadian and you visit the States, you won't think it, you won't see it. Right. But as an American who's there, leaves and goes back, you every time it. I'm back, yeah. I'm like, wow, Americans wear their religion on their sleeves. Right. And as a non-religious person, and, and married to a non-religious Jewish woman, sure, it, it's so jarring to me when I get back in the States and I see that you can't get Anything done in America without bringing religion into it. Right. You can't get elected to office without well, involving yeah. Yeah, Jesus. But not even so much as that. You can't look at look at the Oscars. We're talking about that. Look at mm-hmm. these awards. People can't get through those speeches and things like that without invoking God. And if they don't, people seem angry that they don't. Yeah. The littlest things, people seem upset if you don't invoke God. And when you do, it's applause break time. It's it's time for that. And it's so nice to to one of the things I love about being in Canada is some people say that Canadians are a little too cynical. 
But in a lot of ways, I like that because mm-hmm. we we don't there's there's not this and I and I do think of myself as Canadian now. I mean, I've been here for seven years. It's not. And like your, is just, your wife Canadian? Yes. She okay. Is. So yes, yeah. So yeah. And and it's so nice to some people call it cynicism. I think a lot of it's just realism. You know, it's it's not this belief that we have to. There's a Americans have a real penchant for applause whoring. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and not just comedians, but everything yeah, is about sure, the applause break. I've been to I've been to enough fucking water, you know, play like play like Disneyland and all the shows yeah. are all based on hey clapping and everything is clapping, you know, hey for the troops, they say for the troops everywhere, especially, you know, and that invokes clapping, of course, you know, who's going to boo the troops? But no. you know, there is that cheerleader mentality when you're in the states for sure. Yeah, and it's it's kind of nice to get away from. But them. some people say, you know what? That's just because they're proud people, and in Canada. We're not so proud, or we're not as um, well, vocal. We're, we're, about yeah, it. we're not vocal. I, I think that you'll ask every every vocal. Canadian yes. will be it's proud a different that kind Canadian, of pride. But, I right. said this recently with someone, and that is that Canadians have a sense of humor nationally, right. not regionally. Americans have a sense of humor regionally, not nationally. That's interesting. And the difference is yeah. you can go into America and you can be to a comedy club and go, what the hell am I doing in bum nowhere, Iowa? Sure. And they'll laugh and go, that's well, right, yeah. we are nowhere. We're so yeah, stupid. Yeah, and you'll yeah. go, boy, Americans are dumb. Hey, screw you. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. But in Canada, it's the exact opposite. You'll be like, hey, what are we doing in bum nowhere, B.C.? And they'll be like, hey, this is a nice town. Yeah, People are good we here. We raise our kids. Boy, Canadians sure are crazy. Yes, we are. Right, yes, we yeah. are. So Canadians have this great sense of humor nationally, right? And Americans don't. Like if you can joke about a region in America, sure, but don't joke about America. Right. Whereas in Canada, you're better off joking about Canadians, right, and not the region you're in. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. But where do the natives fit in all that? Fucking uh, little place. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't even know where to go with that horrible. I uh, find that Native Canadians have much more pride than American Cana- American uh, Native they? Americans. You just don't see them as much. I mean, and I hate to say that you yeah, don't yeah. see Amer- Native Americans as much. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. And I, dude, I play Native American casinos. Yeah, yeah. all the time. And yeah, it's, and it's amazing how how few Native Americans I see, or who proudly come out and say it. Right. As much as when I meet when I meet. Uh, native Canadians here, yeah. How they'll come right out and and they're proud to tell me about mm-hmm. themselves, where they're from, what they do. They'll show you everything. the T-shirt of Shania Twain they're wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. it's true. It's yeah. true. Um, I'm not saying that. Mm, I'm not saying Native Americans don't have pride. I'm not. Well, saying no, that. no. But it's it's a it's very different in Canada. Well, you know, especially now with the hot topic of the I don't know more, and it's all over the you know the news and everything. It's kind of back again. But even before that, you know, this is something that we've talked about for years in America. You don't hear much about it, right? No, it's true. Um, Americans still feel a lot of shame about the Native American thing. Right. And they try to act like they don't. Right. And so for that reason, we don't bring it into the conversation a lot. Right. So even when you meet Native Americans, it just becomes, oh, oh, hey, how, oh, you are? You're, you're part, you're, mm-hmm. you're, oh, oh, very cool. Where do you live? Reservation. Oh, that's neat. Well, I got to go. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, still, there's still shame there. Right. And we, don't, we pretend there's not. And but, we pretend there's not by going, look at the casinos, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I mean, there. yeah, you're saying, well, hey, they got all, the, all those casinos. They're doing pretty good now. I mean, I don't know if there's that. that is that the mentality? Without question. Without right. question. Yeah. That seems weird, but I mean, because you make such a big deal of Thanksgiving, and isn't like the root of Thanksgiving sort of this overthrowing the, the, the North American That's natives? That's not how we learn it. No, how That's do you? Not how Americans. How, does, learn how, it? how is yeah. it learned to you? Because I, I it almost uh, Thanksgiving is almost a celebration of genocide of just like you know. Not how hey. we learn it, boy. Not how we learn it, my friend. We learn Americans learn uh, Thanksgiving as brought to you by Walmart. Or yes, the uh, the Pilgrims needed some rollback numbers. Yeah, yeah. and uh, as luck would have it, uh, Jesus was there. No, <laughs> we learn it um, that the Pilgrims 
settled uh, in um, Plymouth, Plymouth Rock or whatever. Yeah. And as the winter was coming on, they uh, were going to face serious hardships and were in this new territory. The Indians came to them and said, hey, we noticed that you guys just showed up. How about we teach you how to garden and make corn and to uh, and to graze and that sort of thing and to garden and to raise crops? And the pilgrims welcomed them with open arms and said, show us what you know about this land, and we will show you what it is like to wear buckles on your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then we will all have a feast right. together. And that's how we learned it, that the pilgrims and the Indians sat down, and they had a big feast, and they gave thanks to these new they friends did. they had met they in did. the new world. And yes. they also gave them, uh, for dessert, they had smallpox. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah that was nice. Are you um, cold? Here's a blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and it's really co- cozy up. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, we got to go to a quick break. Um, Ward is going to be joining us on the third segment, but he is the host of Ward and Al. It's a, a podcast on the Pod Almighty Network. So uh, make sure you go to wardandal.com or podalmighty.com and download episodes. Like I said, he will be in the final segment. We're going to go to a break now, and when we come back from the break, we'll be having a, a pre-taped interview with David Feldman, uh, a comic that I've looked up to for many, many years. I'm so glad we finally got him on the show. Uh, right after the break, does anything goes, David Feldman. They're semi-professional comedians hosting a reasonably decent show in a professional radio station. So don't try this crap at home. This is Anything Goes. Hey there, it's Don Perret. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, Kathleen McGee, and or Christine Walkinshaw, depending on the given moment, on Sirius XM Radio's Laugh Attack. They were all voted most likely to be someone's bitch in prison. This is Anything Goes. All right, we're back from the break. This is Anything Goes. And on the phone from Los Angeles, the star and host of his own show, David Feldman. Uh, you may recognize David Feldman's name if you are a comedy nerd or an, uh, someone who loves comedy writing. He's written for such things as the Comedy Central Roasts. He has uh, written also for um, many other TV shows. Man, the list is so long. Dennis Miller Live, Real Time with Bill Maher, The Daily Show, The Emmys, The Oscars. Uh, whenever I see a list of things he writes on, I want to just say, can he just write for someone that sucks? David Feldman is here. How are you, David? I do write for somebody who sucks. Me. I, oh. I do stand-up, so... Well, we, that's how me and Dave uh, came to know you from a long time ago, even before any mm-hmm. of the TV credits. We saw you do some stand-up in Toronto um, about uh, probably about 15 years ago now is when you were up here. Right. And uh, it's, it's probably been that long since you've been up in Canada doing stand-up, isn't it? No, actually, I've been doing the Montreal Comedy Festival. I was just there. I've been performing, obviously not memorably, though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but in terms of that's one thing you kind of fly up and do, but you haven't, like, toured across Canada or done dates in other places other than Montreal. No. Right. That's correct. Right. I, I, and I love Canada. I, re- I, I wish, um, wish I could live there. Um, well, well, we'd be uh, welcome to have you here, David. But uh, there was, actually, there's, you, know, you said that you did uh, the, uh, the show in Montreal, the, uh, Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. And I know there was like one year that you were there that you did a, a TV taping at, for, at the uh, St. Denis Theater. And there you did a joke uh, about uh, your, your wife, how you and your wife had a uh, sort of a, a one-night stand list about how she could sleep with uh, someone. And then she picked Brad Pitt and you picked the babysitter. That's the joke. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to say that that is probably one of the most stolen jokes that I've heard <laughs> just going across. And that's just from this country alone. I know about five comics that ha- also have a similar list with uh, that uh, with their wife. And, and their wives always pick Brad Pitt, and they always pick the babysitter, too. So, Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. It's something that is, it's always makes you want to uh, call someone on, but I, I never bother doing it because... Uh, well, uh, you know... You got to write jokes faster than they can steal them. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Now, one one thing I wanted to bring up because you've been on both sides. I mean, you're a performer and also a writer, and you have written for the Oscars in the past. And last night, of course, with the Oscars with Seth MacFarlane. And uh, what was your opinion on on the telecast? I'm assuming you watched. Yeah, and let me just prove to you that I'm not political because I didn't write on this year's Oscars. Okay. I thought Seth MacFarlane was absolutely fantastic. Okay. And just to show you that I'm not pandering, you know, I thought Billy Crystal sucked last year. So I'm, right. you know, I, okay, so I'm being, I'm not being a Hollywood phony. Right. Even though I am. I thought he was great. I thought the jokes were great. Yeah. I thought he, you know, he's a true renaissance, man. He does everything. He sings, he dances, he offends people. I don't know why people are so quick to criticize him. Come on, the, the Oscars, it's not a competition. Oh, wait, okay, it is. But that's <laughs> the point. I mean, come on, he was great. What are people, well, you know? Well, the one thing I never understood is you're hiring someone, you know what he does, then he goes out there and does what he does. And to be honest, I thought he was a little milder than I thought he would be. Um, mm-hmm. And then people get offended or upset. It's like the Ricky Gervais thing. It's like, what did you expect it's like, you know, I've, I've gotten into trouble because my act is a little controversial. They hire me to do one thing. I go there, I do it, and then everyone gets upset. It's like you hire someone to do a job, then they do the job they, that you want them to do, and then you get upset. It just doesn't make sense. Well, it's a room filled with agents, producers, and studio executives, and right. they are the paragons of taste. You don't <laughs> right. want to offend yeah. them. They are, they, yeah. you, know, they, you don't want to ruffle their feathers. They're very sensitive. Jesus, it's Hollywood. Right. Once a year, they're, they're concerned about taste. Exactly. Now, the, the years that you have written on, on for the Oscars or any a show of like that, like even the Emmys, ha- has there been a time where it's like you've written certain jokes that you were so sure that these were great jokes and I know people would love them and even the host would love to do them, but then the TV people kind of said, ooh, we don't want to upset or offend the people in the audience, like you just said, the people that are the game changers. I think it's up to the individual host to decide what jokes he's going to tell, right. and you have to live with the consequences. I, mean, I, I thought he did great. I thought, look, people are gunning for him because they're jealous. Seth MacFarlane has it all. He's rich. He's healthy and successful. And, yep. you know, uh, he's not oppressed, so nobody's rooting for him other than comedy fans. I mean, Family Guy is one of the funniest shows in the history of television. So yeah, he, I know. Can't, he couldn't win last night in the eyes of the uh, politically correct, shall yeah. we say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I thought I thought he did a terrific job with it. And the fact that he, uh, 
you know, he incorporated sort of more uh, like video interaction, and he incorporated mm-hmm. Twitter into it. I just I thought it was a, a fresh and refreshing way to do the Oscars. And he had, I mean, he, he camped it up with the dancing, but it was a bit of a relief from, like, last year. I thought Billy Crystal was pretty lame. And yeah. I thought the only highlight was sort of when they had that focus group last year. They did that sketch with the focus group for Wizard of Oz. I right. thought that was funny. But other than that, it was, it was uh, I thought last year was pretty disappointing. I really liked this year. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, uh, Christoph Waltz won for uh, Django Unchained, and did you think that, sh- I don't know, I kind of felt like he should have thanked uh, slavery and the N-word in his speech. <laughs> but there wasn't, uh, you know, and he, he, like the year before he didn't thank the Nazis, and, you know, if it wasn't for slavery and the Nazis, he wouldn't have two no career, Oscars. Yeah. That's right. You are right, Dave, yes. I just think it's, I think you should really yes. know where your bread is buttered yep. and know where the uh, inspiration is going to lead. And that one black Nazi out there is very pissed off right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. You don't want to know how they got the gold. To melt down. Oh, that's right. right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I won't tell you. Uh, speaking of controversy from last night, um, there's obviously this whole problem with the Onion that they uh, tweeted a certain uh, tweet and or twittered a certain tweet, and uh, there has been a big controversy this morning about it, where they uh, called the nine-year-old um, actress a cunt in a in a in a tweet. And uh, you're very aware of this. And now the Onion has come out, which I was surprised at right away, and apologized for it. And what's your thoughts on that controversy? I think you tell a joke and you stand by it. I think apologizing yeah. for a joke is very cunty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you come across as a cunt when you backtrack. Now, listen, obviously you don't call a nine-year-old girl a cunt. You wait till she's 11. Till <laughs> <laughs> so she's broken in a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she understands yeah. the words a little more. Yeah. Yeah, nine-year-old, she doesn't know what a cunt is, you know? She probably well, thinks it's some kind of new here's, candy. Here's the thing. Everybody's wringing their hands over, oh, the onion called this girl the C word. And by the way, I hate the C word. In fact, I won't even go to C world. <laughs> I don't know what they have there. I know it's near Bush Gardens, but still. Right. Look, the last thing her parents have to worry about is the onion calling her the C word. She's right. a child actor. Yeah. She's already a victim of abuse. I mean, she, you know, anybody who puts their kid in the movies should be arrested yep. for that because yep. it's just a, a, a lifetime of child abuse. It could be a teaching moment, you know, just ex- she's not going to even know. Right. Just, you know, calm down, everybody. The same people who are so upset, at least in the United States, about the onion using the C word. Like, they don't give a damn that Congress uh, can't pass the Violence Against Women Act. Right. Nobody's talking about... Right. And by the way, Congress is the ultimate C-word right. in America. <laughs> yeah. But, well, at some moment, I expected, you know, after this controversy, Jodie Foster is going to fly a plane and grab that nine-year-old girl and just hug her and protect her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then get her to uh, star as a, a, a hooker in a movie with Robert De Niro. Yeah. Because right. she turned out pretty okay. She did all right. Uh, I was uh, wondering if uh, if you're ever like me, whenever you see a woman win one of the Oscars, do you believe that? It, uh, I I, I kind of believe in my heart of hearts that uh, that uh, Oscar award is a, a dildo waiting to happen. Are you ever like me, and do you believe that? Not just for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't want to be sexist in my uh, stere- in my sex toys, but uh, yes, I, I could. Think, uh, 
I think especially after last night's Oscars, I think a lot of men were using that uh, <laughs> as a dildo. That, that, that Oscars was so gay. I thought I was watching a rerun of Downton Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> um, one one of the things I want to ask you about is is you know you've been a comic for so long, and since the internet has come out now in the last ten years, and has been such a kind of game changer, you're able to do your podcast and your show. Uh, the David Feldman Show, and how important has it been as a tool for you? Because everyone sees it as a tool for someone young, like like the Dane Cook kind of thing and, and all that, but they don't understand that it really has kind of helped other comedians get their kind of message out. Well, thank you for calling me old. That's always well, uh, you know, nice... I'm I'm older, too. I've been in it a little bit, you know. The Internet, uh, uh. <laughs> I, I think it's great. I think that it's an opportunity to connect with people all over the world who, you know, I wouldn't otherwise uh, be introduced to. I do think that if you're over 40, it's a, a game changer because it's different. You know, when we were starting out, we didn't worry about our followings. You know, we worried about writing jokes and being right. funny. And now you can have a following without having an act, which is great. <laughs> Everybody has followers yeah, on they do. Twitter and, yeah. and Facebook, and uh, it's great. I mean, uh, it's just another tool to offend people and piss them off. So, Do you think it's all, it's, it does also kind of uh, give a lot of comics the ability to sort of to leapfrog a lot of the road work that, and uh, road experience that they might have had you know, before if they started you know, in the 80s or early 90s? Uh, and then they can just uh, go straight into trying to, yeah, build build up a fan base without sort of the, the, the touring and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. For me, the Internet is – it can be a sickness. I'm being serious here. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, I find checking Twitter and Facebook, you know, takes me away from what I should be doing as a comic, which is masturbating to porn, I think. <laughs> that, no, I, I, I kind of spend more time on Facebook and Twitter and answering email than I should. I, I think, uh, you know, a comedian should be on, you know, out in front of real live people. Mm-hmm. So there is like it, there is like a kind of pornography to Twitter and Facebook. There's the fantasy. Oh, yeah, of, for sure. Of, of contacting an audience when, in fact, you know, you can't, you can't replace a real live audience. Yeah, and also, you know, that it's one too of the, bad that you can't replace them. Yeah, can you? yeah, yeah. I just had no. I had a headlining weekend this past weekend at the uh, Toronto Yuck Yucks Club, and I wish I could have replaced some of those audiences, <laughs> or just maybe in a handful of bachelorette parties and things like that. Speaking of uh, dildos, <laughs> yes, they should have yeah. won the Oscar. Yeah, one one of the uh, one of the problems is for for me with with the internet is that you know so many people can just kind of put so much stuff out there that it starts to be like what's kind of real and and what's not, and you can't really like for example like I could work on a bit for say you know six months and get a great ten minutes together put it on the internet and it's never going to be more successful than football in the groin that summer, some kind of barbecue video, you know? There's no kind of quality control, and that's one of the problems. And you're, everything has been reduced to a number. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is... I, I fall prey to it, and I shouldn't. The, you know, I 
like to make people laugh and make jokes and piss people off. It used to be how many tickets could you sell? Right. And, the, and you know, or how many laughs are you getting? Right. I don't mind being measured by how many laughs I'm getting. But then it's, you know, how many tickets can you sell? And that's real. That's tangible. But then when you get into Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, you're getting into, as you say, the intangibles. And those are manipulated. The thing that people don't realize about Twitter is Newt Gingrich was running for president in the United States, and he suddenly had a million Twitter followers. Yeah. Well, yeah. they looked into it, and 70% of them were fake. Yep. So very quickly, and this is important for people to understand, especially in Hollywood, YouTube, there is a, uh, an attorney for Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles. He was running for re-election, and suddenly he had 600,000 YouTube views on his YouTube channel, and the Los Angeles Times last year wanted to know how it was possible that a local candidate for city attorney had more views on YouTube than Arcade Fire. Yeah. Right, yeah. So they looked into it, and it turns out he paid for the YouTube views. As an experiment, the Los Angeles Times hired the same marketing company, and they videotaped paint drying. And they put it up on YouTube, and they paid for views. And they got about 70,000 YouTube views of paint drying. And then the publisher of the Los Angeles Times said, well, this is the newspaper. We don't have that kind of money. We're not paying for any more views. But they were able to buy 70,000 YouTube views. Yep. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of comics that we know that have, have paid for uh, their uh, Twitter uh, followers. Yep. And what's sad is, and then then there's comedy clubs that will will uh, sort of uh, well actually will hire Use them hire them for the weekend, and, and that's going to be like, oh, you have this many Twitter followers. Well, then uh, you can uh, play the weekend here. Yeah. Which you know, I eventually sort of bite someone in the ass when their followers are, or when their fans are are fake. So much of show business is illusion, the illusion of being popular when in fact you're not. And that translates into politics. It also translates into what we buy. You know, if, you, if you're convinced that a movie or a television show is popular or a celebrity is popular, you get on board. Some, you know, is Kim Kardashian? I don't know. I don't want to get into... <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah. Kim Kardashian, I just read today, she says she doesn't know if it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> and she was talking about Bruce Jenner. I know, yes. That's, I don't... Uh, he, Bruce Jenner looks like he's constantly in a wind tunnel. I don't know where that... His face <laughs> is just blown back, yeah. like a sandblaster's hit him or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, would, I wanted to quickly ask you, I know that uh, Ang Lee won uh, last year for a best... Uh, or this past Oscar for... Uh, uh, best direction for his movie uh, Life of uh, Pi. Uh, how long do you think uh, being the sort of the the pornography capital of uh, the United States, how long do you think it will be before we see a uh, Life of Hair Pi? <laughs> Is that going to be a... Uh... It's being done right now. It's probably being done right now. Yeah. yeah. With the same star of Pi because he's not going to get booked again. No, and a, right. CG, and a CGI tiger. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how often you don't really see the... Uh, we, they don't make as big a deal out of out of uh, mm -hmm. porn parodies as they as they used to. Yeah. Because I guess it's, everyone just goes to the internet to get their uh, little yeah. clips and, and yeah, move After on Edward right. Penis Hands, it kind of went downhill, I think. Well, I think there was a couple other... Was there? Famous, uh, semi-famous parodies. I don't know. There might have been. 
But you can see the different styles of uh, questions that both Darren and I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm I like serious. It. I like it. What? Uh, so when you started the, the David Feldman show, we definitely want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I've listened to a few episodes, and the whole idea that it's not just you know a conversation with one person. You've got sketches. You've got groups. You've, you're talking about the news and many different things. How important was it to have that kind of variety for you? Well, for me, it's uh, pretty important. Because I, 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 well, thank you for listening. And people can download it. It's free. It's on iTunes. It's mm-hmm. the David Feldman Show. And we've had Martin Short is on all the time and Andrea Martin. We've had Robin Williams on last week. And I, it's an eclectic mix of conversation, music, and sketches there are a lot of talented people here in Los Angeles who are frustrated because we, you know, we come here because we have to pay bills. Sure. And then all of a sudden your bills are getting paid and you feel like you're dying inside and the rest of the world just says, F you, who cares? You know, so it's hard to complain if you're making rent and your car payment, but you're not creatively fulfilled. Nobody right. cares. Right. Yeah. So I, a couple of years ago, created the show for comedy writers, not performers, yep. for comedy writers to come around and talk and write sketches. And we give performers our stuff and the performers aren't allowed to change a word unless they consult with the writer, the writers in charge. So it's been, you know, we've had, you know, Robin came in and did some sketches and Marty comes in and they're free to improvise, but we tr- they really do respect the writers, which is one of the great things about audio. Yes. That the writer is king and in Hollywood, not so much. Right. Yeah. It's a little backwards for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yes. it's, it, uh, so if people listen, they'll find what I hope is informed conversation with a lot of comedy writers, guys from Seinfeld and Everybody Loves Raymond and The the Simpsons, and we sit around and talk and we'll get some sketches up. And it's loose and uh, it's a, you know, podcasting is an amazing medium. Well, yeah, I think also, too, just because the fact that you there's all not, uh, you know, if you have one idea and you wrote it down on a piece of paper, it doesn't have to go through five or six or other people. And there's no there's no standards and practices and, and there's no sort of sensors to uh, I mean, that's what I know a lot about a lot of people that do podcasts is that whatever they want is ex- exactly what gets put out onto the uh, the air. It's because I, I know a lot of people that do write for TV that just says, ah, well, you know what, uh, we handed a funny script in and. And you just sort of wave it goodbye. So it's it, it's it's cool to have a medium where you can really just do whatever you want, and and there's no limits. So much freedom, even more free than stand up. Because I mean, sometimes we do the show in front of a live audience, but so when you're doing it in the bubble of a studio yeah. with no audience, it's complete freedom. Nobody's dictating the terms. Yep. Sometimes that's not necessarily good. Sometimes well, you, sometimes you need somebody. Right. I think, uh, I, I don't know which uh, episode, well, I think one of my favorite episodes was the one where you uh, reenacted uh, Patton Oswalt's uh, sitcom from the early 80s. Wow, what a great, God, you heard that. Yes, I did. And I want to thank you for introducing me to people like uh, Jim Earl and, uh, and, wow, and, and characters. Would... Oh, you know what, we have to dig that up. That is one of the great, I forgot about that. That was like two years ago. 
We did a full sitcom Mm -hmm. of Patton as a child actor, (laughs) and he lived with an abortionist, a doctor and a nurse who were gay. (laughs) And they pretended in in the script, they pretend to be veterinarians and you'd bring your dog in to get checked up, but you'd really be getting an abortion. Uh, I forgot it. That was one of the funniest. Yeah. Eddie Pepitone. Yeah. Yeah. It was a hilarious episode. And it it reminded me very much like a, like a really, like a really cool sort of hip way to listen to like, like a radio play. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the things I like about uh, you know back uh, I guess in the in the 40s when people would go to movie theaters and they would see like a they'd see a cartoon they'd see like a, a, a another short film and a newsreel and that's kind of what your uh, radio show and your, sometimes your podcast reminds me of because they'll they'll be like news chunks in it as well and uh, yeah I'm I'm oh, wow I'm Thank I'm you for uh, you know I, I'm I'm uh, you cheered me up uh, you know I. I no, Dave. Dave has been that, talking that, about your that, show for a long time. Like yeah. Dave listens wow. to a lot of a lot of podcasts, and between your show and probably Mark Maron's, that's the one he brings up the most for yeah. sure. Wow! Wow! Thank you. Um, it's you know it. Uh, there's so I've been doing this podcast for a long time, and every you know every, when I started, there weren't that many podcasts. Yeah, and we've just gotten there's so many out there. And uh, so uh, you never know who's, wow, wow, thank you. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. I mean, I, one of the things that I do like about it is that, uh, I mean, even here in Toronto, that there's a lot of comics that uh, will, might not, I mean, they're, they're hilarious, they're talented, but um, they just don't know how to market themselves and, and get themselves out there. And that's one of the cool things about uh, podcasting is that, like, you know, like a guy like Jim Earl that, uh, you know, in Toronto, when if there were no podcasts, and I don't know if, I don't know Jim very well, but I don't know if, if he tours or anything like that, but there's a very slim chance of me ever hearing from a, a guy like that unless I, you know, that there's these small and very uh, unique podcasts that come out of, uh, you know, uh, like, like Los Angeles, places like that. And Eddie Pepitone. I think Eddie yes. has been the beneficiary of podcasts. Big time. Big time. Oh, sure, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think people discover. But, you know, to me, the podcasts uh, remind me of stand-up because, you, you know, when we first started doing stand-up, we just did it because we had to, not because we thought it was going to lead to something. It right. was an end. Yes, yeah, so you do means. it for the love of it, yeah. And I think podcasting is an end and not a means. Although some people, you know, I got a radio show out of the podcast right. accidentally, but uh, and, and you have to watch what you say on the radio. But I mean, podcasting can be a really pure art form. I, I really believe that more so in many ways than stand-up can be. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no no audience there. You can do what you want, like we've already talked about. It's it's a different animal, but it's definitely one that I I love. And and I know, like I said, Dave has talked so much about your show, and we're almost out of time. So I just want to make sure I, I get some of the information out. Uh, if you're interested, you can go to the DavidFeldmanShow dot com. You can download the show on iTunes. And uh, is there any other way people can get a hold of you? Is is that the only way you want people to get the the information from? I think that's the best way. Just okay. hit davidfeldmanshow.com or, uh, or David Feldman Show on iTunes. And, uh, you know, with the Internet, people can reach me. And I, unfortunately, I respond to 
all emails and tweets and Facebooks. <laughs> I, it takes me. There are a lot of porn sites. That yes. worry. We don't hear from you, David. Yes, well, I'm trying to build a fan base. I'm focusing on my fan base instead of the other base right. that I'm usually touching. No. The base of my cock. <laughs> and there we go. Are you hoping for? Oh, uh, is there a particular color that you want the next pope to be? Uh. Well, just quickly before we go, I, I just hope we get a younger pope than the. I mean, this guy had a. You know, when you when you drive the pope mobile into a farmer's market and <laughs> kill so many people as this pope did. I mean, it's sad when you got to take the keys of the pope mobile away from yes. Papa. Well, who else is going to get to drive it? This makes it a very <laughs> yes. Is that hey? What is that? Looks like the pope mobile. What's it yeah. doing there? All right. I want to thank you so much for uh, for coming on and thank uh, you, David. And, and, and hopefully we can get you uh, somehow up into Canada to do other dates other than uh, than Mo- Montreal. Montreal. Okay. Thank right, you. Perfect. This was great. Thank was, you, David. Uh, I really appreciate it. So much. We'll talk tomorrow. Thank you, okay. guys. All Cheers. right. Take care, sir. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Learn how to say F-U in 52 different languages. This is Anything Goes. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Mark DeBonis. And you can catch me out on Twitter at TheMarkTheBonus. And you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Christina Walkinshaw on Sirius XM's Satellite Radio. They're semi-professional comedians hosting a reasonably decent show in a professional radio station. So don't try this crap at home. This is Anything Goes. All right, we are back from the break, and what's that smile on the face of Ward Anderson for? Uh, I thought I did an okay job reading right. us into that. Yeah. This is this is anything you goes. This this is well, I got to get this shit out of the way in case people are just tuning in now. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is anything goes for the week of February twenty seventh. Yes, uh, I'm in studio uh, just like I am every week with uh, Darren Frost, and uh, sitting in for uh, Christina Walkinshaw is uh, Ward Anderson. Hi, Ward Anderson. How are you, yeah. Ward? I I no, I love the way you came back, but it was just so excited, so game show hosting oh, yeah. I, yeah, like, I know i don't no. i want to get out of that but i don't know I, how no, to no, shake no. that I, off i liked it it's okay. just that for a guy that 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 has sat Isn't and just that... had a drink with you it was yeah. like oh yeah, yeah. Okay. you know um yeah so uh we're back we just and we, we yeah just one came thing back i wanted from, to bring uh, up we just did that was an interview with david feldman david feldman so please uh make sure you go to uh to the david feldman show.com and download episodes He's had uh, great guests, like he had already said in the interview, with Robin Williams and Eddie Pepitone and Rick Overton, who we interviewed last week on the show. All are doing prepared bits and some uh, sketches, which are hysterical. And uh, no one tells the news like uh, David Feldman. Uh, Speaking of news, in my own life, um, last week I wasn't on the show, but a week and a half ago I uploaded the video to YouTube from November, uh, the last time I was in London, Ontario, where I'm going to be filming my fourth DVD, March 23rd. If you're interested in London, Ontario, Yuck Yucks, go to my website to find out more information. It will be my fourth DVD. The last time I was in London, uh, I was doing uh, one of my bits, and I had mentioned uh, the term cancer in an earlier bit, about a minute or two before this actually happened, uh, just a reference to it, how I'm uh, kind of an unlucky guy, that I've had cancer and I've had other things to worry about in the last five years. And then this guy, who was not appreciating the show, stopped the next bit, mid-bit, and just started saying to me, so uh, tell me about your cancer. 
I said, <laughs> what, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, so you said you had cancer. Why don't you tell me about your cancer? And the video is six minutes. I freak out in it. I rub it in his face. I try to teach him a lesson of like, look, you know, shut the fuck up. You're a heckler. You don't, you know, that's it. Just shut up. And I scream fuck a lot, which I really kind of uh, now in hindsight regret how much I said fuck. I think I said fuck like 140 times in six minutes. But anyways, uh, the point was to shut the heckler down. I posted the clip on YouTube because I have so many of these kinds of videos and it went viral. I got 200,000 hits in four days. It made the front page of Reddit. Wow. And most of the internet thinks I'm just a fat, cheap Louis C.K. ripoff. Knock oh, was, is that, was that anybody's exact words? Yes. Now, I still... I disagree. I don't think you come that cheap. I know. Um, I know. Now, I still want to ask why you didn't just say I had skin cancer and move on. But okay. why you decided to rail into this person? Why did I decide to rail into this? It's a good question. Uh, what people don't understand, because it's out of context, the, the moment this happened was at the 35-minute mark. This gentleman had watched the whole show in the front row, arms crossed, did not laugh once, and just kind of sneered at me the whole time while the rest of the crowd enjoyed the show. Uh, it was a late show, so they were kind of drunk. And then to, and if you watch the video, a lot of people stop because I say fuck too much, and I understand that. But if you watch the video, he says at one point, I said to him, well, why did you keep asking me about this if you didn't want to fuck up the show? He actually says, I did not appreciate you bringing up cancer earlier because I knew what he was doing. He didn't care about my cancer. He didn't want just a quick answer. He was trying to fuck over the show. I've done enough shows to know when someone's trying to fuck one over. And I'm like, if you're going to fuck over the show, I'm going to teach you a lesson, bitch. And that's how I did it. And the crowd enjoyed it. They stayed on board. I did another 15 minutes afterwards. I've never hugged more people after a show. (laughs) High five. One woman grabbed my hand and said, I have skin cancer too. It was it was awkward. I don't. I kind of regret that part of it because I'm not. I'm not a charity case. I even forget I have cancer sometimes. Yeah, but you know what? It's still. It feels. Come on. It feels good to have that of course, kind of validation. Of course. Of, of course, course it does. Sure. And but what I people didn't don't do realize. It for that reason. Yeah, but what people and and without question, and anybody that's known you for thirty seconds knows that. Sure. But without question, what a lot of people don't get when it comes to those heckler videos. And yes. There's a lot of them floating around. Sure. That's become a thing that we're doing now. And and I'm cool with it. But yeah. the thing that people don't realize is when you see those heckler videos, even if you side with the heckler, which some people do, of like in the Daniel do. Haas, ch- the Daniel Tosh. Is there a video case. of that? In in the case, yes. of, but yeah, in the case of that, what people don't realize is afterwards, the performer almost always has the Support of the audience, of course, and that yes. that validation from the audience. Thank you for what you did. Yes. Thank you for this. The Daniel Tosh one, when he jokes about about yeah. rape or whatever, yes. he doesn't realize that the audience, people like who got so outraged, don't realize the audience was with him during that. Yes, yeah. You know, the other problem is, is like people go, "If I was there, I would have been pissed off." Mm. I'm like, let me get this straight. You're watching a show for 35 minutes, and you probably liked it up to that point. Then some fuck in the front row tries to fuck your night over. And I handle it for five minutes one way, and then I continue on, and you laugh for another 15 minutes. You would have been pissed off. Yeah, you'd been pissed off at the fucking heckler who's fucking up your night right. by fucking up the show. Right. It's not like that happened minute one, and then they're like, what the fuck? Because then it wouldn't happen that way at minute one. It happened at 35 minutes. Yep. An invested amount of time was already there, and the crowd was into it. And you're fucking up the show for everyone. I firmly believe fuck hecklers. And I don't think you can go too far in a heckler. Okay. But you know just, what? We're also I labeling. We're no, labeling. I'm just saying you're not going out on a limb when you say fuck heckler. Of course. Right, but we're labeling everything as heckler nowadays. And it's like it's like someone asked me recently, they go, what do you do when you get heckled? And I go, I don't really get heckled. Heckled is a you suck kind of blah, blah, blah kind of yeah. thing. I go, there's a, there's, there's a problem going on in comedy clubs nowadays, and it's not heckling. It's just 
talking. People thinking that it's all about right. it's a conversation and we all have a voice and that voice should be heard. Well, it's, it's a sense of entitlement. It's this, yeah, it's this narcissistic goddamn yes. society that we're becoming. Well, that's when people, you know, start judging their value on how many Twitter followers they have. And Well, it's entitlement, you sure. know. Yeah. The guy didn't like me saying cancer. I don't give a fuck. You're one person in the crowd. No one else had a problem with it. Shut your fucking mouth. No, but That's you're it. you're convinced that he was trying to fuck up the show yes. and not genuinely interested in what kind of cancer you well, had? He, when he says, okay, this argument of he's concerned for me, he said three minutes later, the reason he brought it up is he did not appreciate. He said that. Okay. He did not appreciate me saying cancer earlier. He didn't care about my cancer. Yeah. He didn't appreciate me. It doesn't matter if I said cancer, AIDS, rape, or whatever. He didn't appreciate something, so he was going to fuck the show over. Yeah, dude, I, I'm, I, and I agree That's with you. The I agree with Darren on that. That's a, the guy. It's, it's, I did a show here in Toronto once, mm -hmm. and a guy walked up to me after the show, and he said, dude, you had me, loved your show, until you made that joke about epilepsy. You're better than that. Why did you do that? You're better than that. And yeah, I why said, did you do that? And I said, who in your family has epilepsy? And he goes, how do you know? And I go, because that's the only time people of come course, up of course. is they've decided it's something that's close to them mm -hmm. that upsets them. And I said, but I joked about homelessness, AIDS, yeah, of course. drug addiction, pedophilia, picture, you know, picture poison, bestiality, yeah. all these things. Yes. And I said, none of those offended you, but epilepsy did. Yes. And he said, well, my 13-year-old daughter was diagnosed six months ago. And I said, aha. And I go, so you've decided that's the one thing that yes. comedians can never, never find about. funny. Yeah. Yes. And I said, but I go, you got to look at it this way. A comedy club is the only true democracy left in North America. Yeah. Majority rules. That's right. Everyone laughed at that joke. You lose. Yes. You're wrong. Yes. I go, the joke was obviously funny because 200 other people laughed. Right. Who am I kidding? 60 other people yes. laughed. Yeah. And I said, so therefore, you know, and I said, don't get me wrong. I go, I didn't want to offend mm -hmm. you. And I go, but that's just how this works. And I go, if everyone else laughs and, and didn't. And I go, and by the way, in 20 years- You'll laugh at these kinds of jokes too. Twenty years. This a is year new and a to half. you. Yeah, I go. This a is new to half. you, so it's sensitive. I go, but people with epilepsy, yeah. tell me all the time they love the the very joke that I did, of course, because they've they had to live with it and they've yeah. found humor. You know, if you found out you have epilepsy the next day, you may not want to hear a joke about it, but you know, a year later, you're probably making jokes. Yeah. You know, the other thing that's happening once in in London again is someone was heckling me. They all got kicked out, and then afterwards, someone sent me an email. I said sorry, but uh, two weeks ago, our baby died, mm. and this is the first night we went out. And you did all kinds of material about your children having health problems, and we really didn't want to hear that. I'm like, yeah, not my fault your baby died. I feel bad for you that your baby died. Bad timing to go to a comedy club. you fucked up my show. Club. You fucked up my show. I need to say that, by the way. But what, if, now, you've, if you've had a rough thing happen to you recently, there's a myth that going to the comedy club is the answer to that. Erases it, I know. It's probably the worst. If you've gone through a divorce, if yeah. you've had a death in the family, there is a myth. That a comedy club is the place to go for that? Yeah, yeah. to cheer yourself and, up. And, and here's the thing. Most comedy nowadays is about laughing at tragedy. Of course. I mean, look at almost every comedy yes. comic that's out I don't even mean dirty. No. Just almost every comic that's out there nowadays is laughing at misfortune. Yes. That's, that's just what we do. Yes. So- Please, if you've had a terrible tragedy in your life, please don't go to the comedy club. Well, and that's how most comedians get over a terrible tragedy is by making fun of it. That's yes. what I mean. And so it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, now what if those no. people go have not- Go rent Charlotte's Web. Yeah. <laughs> or steal Magnolias and, and blame the people from that made yeah. that fucking movie a million years ago. Now, what if those people had not fucked up your show, Darren, and right. they still sent you a letter, and they still sent, well, you know, our baby had just died. Yeah, 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 yeah. And- uh, I've had people write me letters after a show and go, 
go, you know what? I didn't like you. I didn't. I didn't find it very funny. Um, we weren't told it was going to be this, and I just didn't appreciate it. Right. And I write them back, and I go, look, you know, as long as you don't go, you fucking asshole. Yeah. You're a, you're a cocksucker. Yeah. If they write me that, I go, look, I'm sorry that you didn't know what my show is. My show is my show. Here's a list of three comics that are coming in the next two months that you will probably appreciate because they're clean or whatever your thing is. I will get you free tickets to that. That mm-hmm. actually happened once. I did that too. You know, absolute it, comedy. A guy in the front row was offended by. I, I teased him, and it was playful teasing. Sure, but I teased him and offended him, and I said, uh, and he wrote me an email saying how angry he was at it. Right. And I wrote back, I really thought it was playful, and right. I didn't right. mean to offend sure. you. Sure, and I said, but you know what? If you're if you're looking for something not offensive, come back to the show. Whether it's me or someone else, I'll pay for your ticket. Yeah. Don't let this sour you on stand-up comedy right. just because you didn't like me. And humor is subjective. Not everyone's going to like right. me. No, it's, or the, you. It's, it's the most subjective art form. Of course, like yeah. humor and 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 what turns you on, erotica. You know, that sort of like yeah. you know, you know, all weird, crazy shit will make you laugh and uh, and and get you off. So you can't really get too mad at someone when the I don't really yeah. get mad. I don't get. I feel bad for people when they don't dig me. I, I me too. As long as. You know, if it, it, it's like when I was in Ottawa with Kenny, someone was heckling Kenny, and it's like, look, there was warnings on the door. They they told everybody before they were coming in. It was this kind of show. But you know, the responsibility of the comedy club is never really matched up to what you want it to be when it, no, no, when it comes no, no. to describing your what show. What happened was, the problem was, is that the one person at the table made the reservation, and then three people came along and didn't know what kind of show it was, right? And then they kind of sit down after reading the signs, like, okay, I guess we're going to stay, and they didn't like it. The problem there is just get up and leave then. Right. Everyone else is loving it. Kenny was killing for 40 minutes, and a guy yells out, oh, I didn't find you very witty. Well, yeah. you know what? Shut your fucking mouth. Well, I've, and I've well, also it, never under You talk about the entitlement. I've always said it amazes me that, especially in, in comedy clubs where they have the comment cards, yes. it's one thing. Give your opinion. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. On a scale from one to five, I give them a two. Whatever. Give me a one. Give me a zero. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. But when you're in a comedy club and you know you're one of 200 people, who am I kidding? 60 people. And you're sitting there, and everyone around you is laughing, and you're not. Yeah. To take pen to paper and decide that everyone else is wrong takes, to me, a special kind of narcissism. It's one thing to just go, well, and on, balls, a scale from yeah. One, yeah, on a scale from one to five, I give him a two. But I've had people, he was awful, terrible, I will never come back here again. And then... Like there was one comedy club I was at where I offended some old couple in the front row. It wasn't enough to them that they they. And by the way, I need to point this out. I'm not an edgy or offensive act. No, no, I'm for considered sure. a but pretty easygoing act. It doesn't have anything to do with that because well, I've seen clean comics yes. have people be offended at their jokes or upset with their show. It has nothing to do with how dirty. you Oh are. no, but but I just want to point out like yeah. like you. You do a show where you warn people in advance. Yeah, my show's not really that risque. I'm not right. saying it's the cleanest show, no, no, but it's I know. certainly not. And these people got so angry that it wasn't enough to them to complain. They tried to get me fired from the comedy yes. clubs. And then they called the hotel and tried to have me thrown out of the hotel. Out of the hotel. So you're like, it takes a special kind of narcissism to go, my opinion is so much more important well, than the other people around me. If you're in a comedy club and everyone else is, now it's, if everyone's booing, it's one thing. But if you're in a comedy club and everyone else is cheering and laughing and you're not, it's you. Well, you know, look, the, the, the whole idea is it's, it's a sense of entitlement. It's like everybody else likes it. You don't. So what? I don't like Larry the Cable Guy's comedy. I've heard from guys he's a nice guy and he helps out guys and pays really great yeah. to open for him and all that stuff. And that's great. It's not my thing. I'm not going to go to one of his shows, sit there, hate it for the whole night, and then take time out of my day to try to fuck that over. Yeah. Whoever likes it, likes it. I may not like it. It's not my thing, but that's their thing. 
just like they may not like what I like and they probably don't. It's just, it's a sense of entitlement and my opinion is the most important opinion in the room. You know whose opinion is the most important? The fucking performer. That's it. Yeah. You know, you don't go to to a rock show and scream at Led Zeppelin, you know, play a song you don't play. It just doesn't fucking happen. Well, we've also just become this kind of a society. Uh, my wife and I went to a movie the other day and I've I've got a problem. I've got something called misophonia, which is a sound intolerance. I pick okay. up I pick up noise very loudly. I oh. pick up background. And what's it noise. called again? Misophonia. Oh, I pick up background noise. It sounded, I know where Dave was going with that. Well, I thought it was some like Japanese yes. thing where people were really, you know, if you're phony. phony, yeah. yeah. Oh, misophonia. Oh, yeah. Misophonia. Oh, misophonia. Misophonia. Yeah, that's what I thought you said too. I'm like, yeah. okay, all right. Misophonia. Well, okay. it's so it's sound intolerance. Um. The sound of a bag, like like a, a yeah. rapper. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's very, very angry. It's very irritating to me. You pick okay. up ambient sounds like really loudly. Very yeah. loudly. So I have to, I have to when I'm on, when I travel, I have to have noise cancellation headphones and right. all this stuff. I have to have things that distract me because I hear everything, the sounds of people eating and whatnot. But it's gotten to where I have to look at my wife. So and you go, go to restaurants and tell people not to eat, right? Because it well, bogs you, or as luck would have it, restaurants are usually so noisy that it's okay. Right. It's in places where it's quiet, right. and some other noise comes into it. Sure, like whistling will drive me batty. Right. I was in a bookstore the other day, and a guy was walking around whistling, and it drove me nuts. And I'm, I'm by the way, a bookstore I know is not a library. I was in a, I was in a bookstore once talking <sighs> to somebody, and they were like, "Hey, you need to be quiet." I was like, "It's a bookstore. It's not a library." I yeah, can yeah, talk. yeah. But anyway, so so, but I was in a movie theater, and I had to look at my wife and go, "Is it my hearing?" And she's like, "No, people are being annoying. People talk in movie theaters. They talk back to each other, and oh, I don't yeah. just mean talking at the screen. I mean." Eating loudly, rappers yeah, loudly, talking, yes. texting, and all that. We've just so in comedy clubs, it's not even about the heckling. It's just we've become the society that just yammers, that just talks out loud all the time. I know, sad. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but we will have you come back again, and we'll, we'll talk about all sure. the other things we had planned to talk to. But man, this has been a good show. So we have a couple quick announcements, and we got to get out of here. Uh, we are taping live shows at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival April tenth. Please go to WinnipegComedyFestival.com for tickets. Myself, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee will be rejoining us in Winnipeg, a reunion. And then we're going to get fucking hammered, for sure. <laughs> and on April 12th, part of that festival as well, me and Kenny Robinson will also be doing Rank and Vile, our dirty show. And uh, I'm also going to be at the Halifax Comedy Fest April 24th to 27th. And March 23rd in London, Ontario, I'll be recording my fourth DVD special at Yuck Yuck. So go to ComedyHorror.com for more information. And Dave, what about you? Uh, there'll be another East End Comedy Review uh, at the Dominion Queen here in Toronto, April 6th. And uh, Ward, where can people find you? You can check me out at Ward and Al or at Ward Anderson. My new comedy album, Born to Run On, comes out this spring. And, right. uh, well, we didn't really get, get a chance to talk, uh, chat much about your show with well, uh, you, you and Alison Dorr yeah, and hey, stuff. But check we'll... it out. Ward and Al, radio yeah. popcorn for your day, Monday through Friday. Okay, and that's on the uh, Pod Almighty Network, podalmighty.com or wardandowl.com for more information on that. And also a big thank you to David Feldman as well, the davidfeldmanshow.com. That is the show, folks. Thank you very much. Until next week. Well, that's it for this week. Hope you've laughed and learned something. Anything Goes wants to thank our producer, Victoria, and George Westerholm for the music that we use. You can find Darren Frost at Comedy Horror on Twitter and the web. You can find Dave Martin at Dave Martin World on Twitter and on the web. And Christina Walkinshaw is at Walkinsauce on Twitter and Instagram. You can download new episodes every single week on iTunes by typing Anything Goes on XM. 
Find and like our Facebook page, and the show is available on Twitter at Anything Goes Hop. Come back next week and feel the love on Anything Goes. And now here's some good advice from the Headstones. Smile and wave. I haven't had more than two drinks since New Year's. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is. For me. Yeah. For anyone. It's a month. That's a month. It's almost a month. Almost a month. Hi. uh, This is uh, Dave Martin calling from uh, XM Radio in Toronto. I'm good, thanks. Is this a a cell phone that we're talking to you on? Yeah, it's the only thing he's got. Uh, You don't have access to a landline, do you? Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we can. Uh, this will. This will. We'll work. We'll work through this. Um, my name's uh, Dave, and I think uh, it's. Uh, I've talked to him before. This is Darren. Yeah. So let's patch Darren's it in here. and see. Me being sober for eight days. Sure. We can talk anything else, but except the Lance. Or oh, okay. the thing where we're talking about my new debaters topic. Maybe if you could. Right? Do you know, could Remember, you? I was like, Dave? Could you choose which ones you're gonna do, as in like those little promo things? So if we felt like referencing those. What the fuck are they doing here? What What are we talking about now? Which. Okay. Oh, okay. Not no, because we don't do them shit. in the first segment. Now I can hear shit. Um, this is the week of January twenty third. January twenty third, correct, correct, Amundo, as uh, Fonzie would say. Uh, in the movie The Aristocrats, they uh, they say that space docking is when oh, you take shit. take a shit into a woman's pussy. Oh shit! I don't think that's real though. I don't, and the, even the guy in the documentary, even in the guy in the aristocrat says, I don't think that's possible. We should make up. Um, we should make up our own sexual thingamabobber and give it a name. Is there? A, is um. I uh. Um, is there a a thing called what's it called when a, a woman sticks a finger in a guy's butt? I don't know. Do you want to give it a name? No, not really. Not for it, something we, that I don't want to have happen to me. What could we have? We could call it like a fun dip, or maybe a, a fun dip, a stink when dip. You, when you accidentally ate the stick and then you had put your finger in the powder to eat it, you remember oh, the fun dip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. What else? What else do you put fingers in? Uh, pudding. Mm, sure. Finger, finger. I don't think that's uh, I, the, the space docking thing. I don't think is real. <laughs> I think someone just made that up. I think the dirty Sanchez too. I don't think anyone has actually ever I don't done think that. Anybody does any of those things? It's something people made up because they were bored and perverted. Yeah. Yeah, I won't ruin it. I actually, you know what? I watched hockey on Saturday night. I've never been a Leaf fan ever in my life. But maybe because they've been gone for a long time and it's been off the air. Like me and Luch sat on the couch watching the game. And I was kind of rooting for the Leafs. I know I was, even though I was felt really gross about it. Because, you know, I grew up in Vancouver, and then I was a big Sens fan when I went to school. Yeah. I've never been a Leaf fan, but in that moment, I was I was rooting for the Leafs. I've got weird. some sexual acts that you guys weren't talking about, like, when you were on air. But I, I have to, I, I made up two sexual acts. Oh, yeah, you did? Some, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm pretty excited about them. We can talk about those, these fake sexual acts. Check one, check, yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duke York. Okay. She's my BFF. All right. Everybody can hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay, through the power of technology, we'll cool. pull this off. All right, let's All right. do it. Dave left the room, so let's start right away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, he's back. Okay. back. Oh, he's back, yeah. Yes. All right, so when we come out from the break, what's going to happen? Dave, has he got his headphones on yet? <laughs> no. Uh, he's not. putting them Almost on. Got he's got them on. I'm, 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 I got them on now. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Like a condom. There we go. Um, <laughs> then, do- I bet, then I better take it off. The headphones yeah. are docking his ears. And so. just wait for her to call me back and complain that she burns when she pees. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe uh, maybe I go. should get tested. Right. Well, stop, looks nice on stop, you, Dave. Stop. Dave looks nice and white. Sure do. Maybe I blew the mic with my burp. <laughs> I broke it. Power. How long should you wait for like a text message? You know, uh, depends. And, uh, Does the person have a job or how long? I don't know. Just do you have BBM or no? You don't have like the little things that say red or delivered you, and stuff like that. When you say BBM, I still think of like bowel movement. <laughs> I, th- I think it sounds like a bike. You know those bikes? Yeah, like a BMX sort of. Yeah, BMX. That's what I mean. BBM. Off-roader. Because, like, with certain phones, you can see if the person's read your message. Like, my phone, like... Facebook with, does I, that now, too. Which is it oh, yeah, totally. Someone, yeah. With chat? Someone's read it, yeah. Yeah. It's just... Uh, Why, who are you waiting for a message? Do I need to ask? I don't know, my girl? girlfriend. Right. So she's, she's like, how long has it been? Well, okay, let's take a Who's look Who's your here. girlfriend these days? Okay. How long ago did you text her? Well... Is she in Korea yet, or no? No, she's not in Afghanistan. But oh, wherever. <laughs> but I, I, I knew it was somewhere. I texted her at yeah. Well, Your I'm geography. Sure I'm sure it's is. somewhere. Uh, I texted her last night at nine forty nine and nine forty, and again at nine uh, fifty one. Oh and shit! And I didn't hear back. And then I uh, messaged her at 1.43 this afternoon, oh. and then I messaged her at 6.53. Don't and... hold your breath. That does not sound good. <laughs> does oh, it really? sound she like someone's written back? Well, yeah, she hasn't written leaving back. Me? But uh, she, like... if she was doing that, then she would write back and do it to your face. You know, see, I, thank God I'm not dating in this age of shite, because... Uh, you used oh, yeah, to have to do things face to face. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. that's true. You know, I don't know, Dave. That is, that if she's not writing you back, I don't know. Do you think she lost her phone? I don't think uh, she's not check the kind one, of person check, that, check. that would lose okay. their phone. There's like a twenty percent. How chance. close do I have to be to this? Is this... <sighs> I think that's good. I can hear you. That's okay. good. Cool. What were we talking about earlier about your new, your your debaters topic? About yeah, we're how... talking about um, my next debaters topic is can men and women be friends without sexual feelings? And then uh, I, I said it would have been hacky for me as the girl to be like, oh, of course we can't, right? Because, you know, I'm friends with lots of guys, which is true, I am. But I want to take the other side because it would be funnier and weirder for me to be the pervert in the... Yeah. Well, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, Who's who you debating? I, uh, okay. Mark Little. I think that just makes you realistic, not a pervert. But I was saying that... <laughs> but I want, I'll make it pervy. But yeah, yeah. Well, Christine, I said that every guy would Dave? like to sleep with you, but might not want to. And then I to. said, Dave, would you sleep with me? <laughs> I said, sure. But I wouldn't want to. Because <laughs> it would just fuck things up. That would get awkward. But I have sexual feel- or sexual thoughts for every woman. Why are we talking about this now? We could have had This could have been the intro. Well, we could start. We could, we could do talk it about this on the air. Okay, then let's do this. Okay. So you start it. You start this conversation. All right, we're ready? Yep. Oh my God, that was fucking... <laughs> I hope you have a downy. <laughs> Kim's not that old, is she? My uh, friends always say once you're the to this file. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Martha, can you read yeah. that um, the piece of paper that's in front of you? <clears throat> I just, uh, you, well, you know, you put your name in the blank spot if you want to. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Well, I'm not I'm a downy. I know. No, I'm just... <laughs> I'd never heard the term downy before until you Christina Walkinshaw. Oh, I thought yeah. you made it. No, it I did my, not my make that up. My girlfriend was like, if you have a kid by the time you're 35, there's a good chance you're going to have a downy. It's going to imprint it's, in my brain. It's a, into the fabric of our... Okay, so just read this, yeah. 
Anytime? Uh, yeah, you, you can say your Twitter handle if you want to, or just uh, Martha O'Neill. Okay. Hey there, this is Martha O'Neill. You are listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio's Laugh Attack. Okay, great. Perfect. Thanks. 